there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. So this week's episode is all about chronic care conversations. And so the context of what I want to talk about in this episode is that it's a really common frustration that clinicians have, both new and experienced, where they're feeling like it's just not going anywhere. They have a patient who has like diabetes or hypertension that's outside of the goal ranges, and it feels like it's just hitting a wall and nothing is changing. And so I want to focus in on the types of conversations and ways of having those conversations that is hopefully help will help you be more successful in taking care of those patients. Before I jump in though, I've been talking a lot about chronic care over the last couple of weeks, and I'm really thrilled to share that I'm launching a brand new course uh, about care of chronic conditions, diabetes, hypertension, CKD, all the bread and butter of primary care. So if you haven't gotten on the wait list for that, it's actually opening up next week. So it's at realworldnp.com slash courses. And so if you're on the wait list, I'll be sending you an email for open enrollment, but full transparency, that's the only way that you can get into the course is by joining that wait list. So um, hop over there and join if you haven't already. Uh, We're going to be doing it live together in January, and I'm beyond excited. It's going to be so fun. So anyway, jumping into this topic. So when it comes to, so the example, so, so I kind of gave an example already, but the example I kind of want to highlight. So I'll be working with a new grad, a new nurse, newer nurse practitioner, and she'll be, he or she, or they will be working with a patient who has diabetes, for example, their A1C is 10, maybe 12. Last time it was 11 and it seems like it's either gotten worse, maybe slightly better. And they've already had a conversation with them. They already have, they're trying to figure out the medications, like what's not working here. Is it the medication choices? Should I change it? Like, why aren't they, are they taking their meds? How do I talk to this person? right? It just kind of feels like, where do I even start? So using that as an example, the first thing I want to say is that like, let's just normalize this experience. Number one. So when I was a new nurse practitioner, it like, it's a skill. It's not just learning the medicine It is the actual skill. You learn a skill, multiple skills of how to do this job, how to conduct your patient visits, how to elicit a history time management, make clinical decisions, trust your clinical judgments, step into this new leadership role that has automatically been given to you because of the new role that you have, right? That's a lot of stuff. And when I started as a new grad, 
I was having the same situations happen. I think because I just was so focused on learning the medicine, making sure I wasn't making mistakes, learning all of those other skills. And it just felt like I had, I, I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to even have these types of conversations I'm going to be talking about in this episode. So I just want to normalize that this is a skill. This is this, these conversations are an extra skill that we need to learn and practice and develops over time. So cut yourself some slack, especially if you're a new grad, but even if you're not a new grad, it takes time to get comfortable with these types of conversations and real talk. The conversations are what moves the needle in chronic conditions. It's not the medication algorithm. It's the conversations. Okay. So let's, let's do a couple of practical steps, right? I love systems. <laughs> I love doing things the same way every time having a method to the madness, right? So number one, aside from like giving yourself some slack, right? Acknowledging this is a skill. The first thing is about empathy, which might sound like a really silly thing to say, because if you're a nurse practitioner or a nurse, likely you have to be an empathetic person. It's re- I, I think it would be impossible to do this job without having some sort of baseline level of empathy. But what I'm talking about more specifically is about the experience of having a chronic condition. I think what happens so often, especially like I said, because we're still learning how to do this job and learn medicine, we get really wrapped up in that. And I, but I think the other part of it is, is that we have to keep these healthy emotional boundaries with patients so that we can do our jobs, but sometimes it gets a little bit far away from the humanity of the person in front of us, because we're so focused on the algorithms and the medication choices that it's like, and the frustration of like, why isn't this getting better? And I understand the risk and why don't they understand the risk? Right. I hear that a lot from people and we just have to get back into that like lived experience of the humanness that like our job is to be a clinician and keep track of all this stuff and understand it really well, but not everybody is in that place. And also they have an entirely full human experience life outside of the clinic in between those three month visits. Right. So I just want to give a couple of examples, right? So if you've had a chronic condition or you have a chronic condition, or even if you have a close family member or friend that does, maybe, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. And it's easier for you to remember this, to remind yourself of this, but like, just let's get, I just want to give you a couple examples, right? So first thing I personally have had some chronic conditions. I've had to make lifestyle modifications because of an illness. I've had to take daily medications because of an illness and I hate it. (laughs) I really, really resist it. And I know, I like know very deeply that this is what needs to happen. I know it, right? I've learned this as my profession. I'm hopefully approaching expertise in my field. Right. And I still don't want to do it. I just don't. And, um, It's just, if you can just imagine thinking about taking a medication every day for the rest of your life, right? And think about checking your blood sugar for the rest of your life and thinking about um, having to go to appointments, having to modify your life because of your chronic condition. Like you can't just up and go to a restaurant with your friends to celebrate an engagement, right? Like things like that. Like, what does that look like? 
right? And so just thinking about imagining yourself in that if you don't have that experience and just trying to remind yourself, this is the context of this visit, right? Is that this person is coming to you with all these things in their life and probably resistance because they just want, like most people just want to live a normal life. Like for me, I just want to live a normal life. I don't want to have pain, but I just want to live a normal life. And I hate making modifications that other people, it feels like other people don't have to do. Right. So anyway, maybe that's TMI, but that's like number one with empathy, like specific empathy, reminding yourself of that. Number two, I just want to give one more example about empathy and then we'll get into some more practical stuff. But I want to give the example of going to the vet with my dog. So I love my dog. I'm obsessed with my dog. She has this like enormous, like queenly dog bed. She has two dog beds, actually one enormous one and one on top. She's that cushy, right? I love my dog. Um, When I go to the vet, I cannot for the life of me remember when her appointments are due, when, what vac, what the vaccine schedule is, what the vaccines are, what the medications she's supposed to take, what their names are, the brand, the generic. I literally know none of those things. They send me a letter in the mail or send me a text or send me an email. I go to her appointments. I I'm a really good dog mom. I do really great stuff for her. I love her. I want to have fun with her. I want to have a full, happy, healthy, long life. And also for some reason, I want zero to do with veterinary medicine. I don't care. I just, I, I don't know why, because I love medicine for humans, but for some reason I have z- absolutely zero motivation to learn about any of those things. I basically just do what they tell me to do. Right. Which is a perfect example and helps me be so much more empathetic to our patients because I'm like, Oh, right. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I care about my dog and I care that I, I I'm good at giving her medicine, right. The prevented, I think it's for heartworm and I don't know, some sort of like tick prevention, flea prevention. I think that's what it's for. Right. But it's two different meds. It's changed a million times. I just buy a year's worth and we just keep doing our thing. And I come back when I'm supposed to, right. That's all I do. And that's all that matters to me. And I don't need to know more. And that's what it's like for a lot of our patients. And, um, So anyway, hopefully those two examples are just helpful reminders for us when we get, especially when we work so hard and we're moving so fast and there's so much to learn and it's easy to look at facts and information data rather like A1Cs or lab results or monofilament test results even, right? Like it's easy for us to look at data and say, okay, this data is not matching up. Here's the action that needs to happen do this. Right. And it's like, okay, let's remember that we're all humans and nobody is hundred percent ever, ever. Right. I I'm, I overly applaud patients that tell me they take their medicines every day. Cause it's hard. Even me as a clinician with a deep knowledge of medicine is not taking my medication every day. I'm like 80, 90%, right. I try. <laughs> that's all we can, that's all we can do as patients. Right. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing, the first kind of, so let's recap. So the first thing is about giving yourself some slack, acknowledging this is a skill. Number two is reminders of empathy of the experience, like the lived life, human experience of having a chronic condition that it never stops. It's every day. Right. And then the third kind of like thing, general topic I'm going to talk about or, or theme is talking about like, let's just break this down. Like, why is this so hard and what can we do about it? So the the things I want to highlight about chronic care of chronic conditions is that 
when I'm just like meeting a person, this is like a brand new patient to me transferred from another provider, or I just started the clinic, something like that. Somebody, this person, it's like, there's, for example, just, just take diabetes by itself. Think about all the data that I need to know that you need to know, right? So how long have they had this for? What medications do they take? Um, what complications do they have? What symptoms do they have? Right. That's just baseline information. Next level. What do they understand? Do they understand their medicines? Do they understand the risks and why we care about the blood sugar number? Right. What do we, why do we care? What uh, are the side effects of that? Do they know what dialysis means? If you're talking about dialysis, right? Because it's a side effect, like renal dysfunction is a side effect of diabetes. Do they know what that means? No idea. Right. This is like, this is just one visit looking at a brand new person. Right. So these are all the questions in my mind. Um, and then do, what kind of skills do they have? Right. Especially with diabetes, have they used a glucometer before? Do they understand how to use it? Do they know how to interpret the results? Do they know what symptoms to watch out for? Right. That's like, that's like a huge, like, just think about that. Just like that alone. Those are all, when I'm seeing a patient with chronic care, my, I endeavor to build a relationship over time. And we're going to talk about all that stuff. And I actually just want to pause because I'm getting all worked up, but also I want to acknowledge that like chronic conditions are never, okay. I never say never, but anything is possible. Chronic conditions are not solved in one day, in one visit. And I know that's really scary. At least it was for me as a new grad where it was like, but they need their eye exam and their monofilament and their urine microalbumin. What if they're in renal failure right now? Right. Like, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's not, it's not ridiculous, but for the context of a patient that I'm thinking about, it's like, no, they didn't. They just had their creatinine done. Right. They're fine. But like, there's so many things to information to gather so much teaching to teach or assess and skills to assess and then teach and guide and reinforce and remind, and then remember again, going back to the fact that they're a full human and they have maybe children to take care of multiple jobs that they're working. They're not sleeping well. They have a sick family member, right? They want to just go to a restaurant and celebrate someone's engagement. Right. And they don't want to think about all these other things. They just want to be free, you know? So, so anyway, I just want to set the stage for that of like, like the, just keeping all of these things in mind to set yourself up for success. This is not a one-time conversation of like, Hey, your A1C is 10. We're going to change this med for you. Bye. Right. And of course you're not doing that. I'm, I, that's an exaggeration. And unfortunately our medical system is not set up for more like longer visit times. But my point here is that those are the types of things we need to know to help people succeed with their chronic condition management. And we're not going to do it in one day. We get to do it over time. So the way that I do it with patients is that we, I do like, and I talked about this last week, if you didn't catch last week's episode, um, but about like the systematic approach to chronic care. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that or watch that on YouTube if you want. Um, but it's about like, what are the bare minimum safety things? Like that's the first meeting. And then from there, I kind of tease it down of like understanding of the side effects, right? Cause that's like harm reduction. Number one, make sure that they're safe. Do they know how to use a glucometer? Perfect. Do they have their medications? Great. Right. And then we can go into, do you understand the risks, the long-term risks of this? How can we explain it in a way that you understand? Right. 
the two last things I want to bring up in terms of like these ongoing conversations, right? This is not a one-time thing. This is a developing rapport. They're on your panel. You talk to them over months, right? You can bring them in monthly. Probably you don't have space in your calendar in your schedule to do weekly or biweekly, but hopefully they can meet with a diabetes educator. They can meet with you. They can meet with one of the nurses, right? And do these regular check-ins so that you feel like you're giving safe care and you know that they feel safe too, right? And as long as you've established safety to start, then you can start in those next levels of like, how are we going to get to these shared goals? Which brings me again to my last two points is a little bit of a wordy episode, but my last two things that are like really core with having conversations with patients who have chronic care is understanding what their life is like. And I remember when I was a new grad, because I was so overwhelmed, I would meet with a mentor and she'd be like, Oh, so who do they live? Who do they live with? What kind of work did they do? Do they have any kids? I'd be like, I don't know. I didn't ask them that. <laughs> it would make me crazy. Cause I just wanted to talk about diabetes medication algorithms. And like, now I know I know, like, I'm glad, I mean, I still tried. I still was like, okay, that's, I don't have time for that. Like I'm, that's too overwhelming. How, how could I possibly have that conversation? And it also felt a little scary. Right. Um, I don't know. I just felt very invasive and I don't know, ties into that leadership role type of thing. Right. Where you kind of just have to be like direct and bold in your communication sometimes. But anyway, I understand that now, like those are the keys. Right. So I always ask patients just like, like again, routine muscle memory of like, Oh, so who do you live with? Are you working right now? Are you in school? Oh, what kind of work do you do? What is that? What are your like hours? Like, like, do you work like regular shift, night shift, weekend, stuff like that? How many days a week? Most people will volunteer that if they're working seven days a week or overnight. Right. Um, and then, you know, who you live with, like who's in your family doesn't have to take super long, but it's really informative. Right. And that brings us to the last piece, right? So this has like been the hardest one for me. <laughs> I actually did this as my like capstone project when I was in grad school, talking about interventions for, um, I believe African-American patients with um, hypertension and what were the interventions that were the most successful, I believe. I'm pretty sure that was the topic. And it turns out like of that, of that you know, systematic research review, the most impactful thing regardless of dietary interventions or group programs or community health workers, like there were so many different, like nursing specific interventions that I was researching, not just not medications, right? Like medications are medications, but we're talking about nursing specific stuff. And it was motivational interviewing across the board was the, was like the only effective thing statistically. And so (laughs) I don't know how much you got into that with school, but it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be done in this very exact specific way. Really all that it takes is humility, putting your ego aside, having courage, being brave and asking. So, you know, just being honest. So for example, this is, this is how it goes for me. So, you know, Mr. Jones, I'm really concerned about your health. I really want to help you achieve your goals and what you want to do in your life and stay healthy. So I I've noticed that we've worked together for a couple of months and my goal for you is that I want your A1C, your blood sugar test level to be under six point be 6.5, right. About, or I want it to be lower than what it is, right. You just leave it super simple. So I want to understand what your goals are so that I can help you the best way for your life, because what I want doesn't really matter. 
It's about your, you have your own life. Right. And so I'll say stuff like that. And I'll just say, you know, if you're open to it, I'd love to hear from you. What Matt, like what's important to you about your diabetes? What's important to what's most important to you in your life? What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? And like, it's kind of (laughs) awkward, at least maybe it's just me. I'm just awkward, but I'll just like, I'll just fumble my way through it. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to hold on to humility and I'm going to hold on to these like highest, best intentions that I have. And I'm going to get through it. I'm going to survive. And it's going to be easier next time. I don't know why this is so scary. Maybe this is just me, but if this is you, let me know. Um, But it's like, these conversations feel hard, especially when you have less time in your visits. But it really goes back to that point I was making earlier about like, this is not done today in visit one. Visit one is safety, safety assessment. Again, go back to last week's episode. If you want to have a systematic approach to assessing safety and chronic care visits, but like safety first. And then like, how do you like go in a harm reduction way in your interventions, right? Do they understand the, the alarm signs and symptoms? Do they know how to check their blood sugar for diabetes example? Right. Um, do they, uh, take their, understand their medications, right? Those are like the main things to start with. And then you get into those long-term, you know, long-term effects. What's going on? Like, what, how do you think this is going? That's, I love that question. And again, I also love scripts because it's like less overwhelming and less, um, I don't know, scary, but I'll just say to them, like, like what, how do you think it's going? What's stressing you out right now? What is most important to you? How can I best help you? Right. And we just kind of like figure it out and see how it goes. Because like the heart of motivational interviewing, if you want to practice that skill and become an expert in it, amazing. I love that. And also like the point of it is that we're getting to their ambivalence, what they're ambivalent about and what's holding them on either side. The thing that's driving them forward is like, you know what? I really want to, I really want to go to my daughter's wedding. I don't want to die before then. I don't want to lose a foot. I don't want to go blind. Right. And so you work backwards from there and we talk about how, how we help them achieve those goals and what support structures do they need for them in their life. Right. So anyway, that's, it's not as neat and tidy as a algorithm diagnostic approach for diagnosing a condition, but honestly, it really is so crucial. We have to know the medication algorithms. We have to, right. We have to know how to do medicine, but we also have to do this too. We have to eventually learn how to do this again, giving yourself slack, practicing, being humble, being courageous and taking up space as the leader that you now are as a nurse practitioner, like it or not, (laughs) you are. (laughs) And, um, just practicing. Right. And it's, um, easier to practice when you're a student, by the way, if you're a student listening, go ahead and practice this. Cause you have time, you don't have the time crunch and the patients, if they think you're an idiot or give you a face that think that like implies that they think you're an idiot, it doesn't actually matter. Right. Cause you're like, Hey, I'm a student. Um, it doesn't actually matter when you're, when you're a new grad too, because them thinking something about you is a them thing and not a you problem. Right. If they don't want to work with you, then they can see somebody else. Right. But anyway, it feels safer when you're a student to practice feeling like an idiot. <laughs> At least that's how I feel when I'm practicing stuff like this. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been several years now. Um, so I've gotten better and better at it. And I've also developed those kind of like scripted questions. So anyway, 
I hope this was helpful. And um, definitely, 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 if you have any interest at all in joining us to talk about diabetes, hypertension, or CKD, I'm beyond excited. Um, we're going to be doing that live class. It doesn't have a fancy name. I wish it did. Um, it's just diabetes, hypertension, and CKD review talking about medication algorithms and, um, titration and clinical just decision-making and when to refer to specialists and nephrotoxic meds and whole bunch of stuff about renal. Cause I love renal. Actually, I just, I was just a, um, peer reviewer of a renal chapter in a textbook. So I'll be sure to share that when that comes out. <laughs> Anyway, I love renal stuff and I know it's really tricky. So if you want to join us, it's going to be super fun. Again, that's at realworldnp.com slash courses is the wait list. And we're only going to open it over email. So get on the wait list and then we'll talk about it. Uh, and you can join us. It's going to be great. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.